0: Hey Brooklyn, how you doing? I'm Hubby Jenkins, and you're about to get hit with another dose of B-Side. You know, music has the unique ability to transport us across years and miles. One pop hook and you might find yourself back at your senior prom, awkwardly shuffling back and forth with your special someone. Or maybe some classic R&B throws you into your childhood living room on a lazy Sunday afternoon with the fam. Well, tonight on B-Side, we've got one of those bands with a strongly evocative sound that's sure to take you on a trip. Maybe to a frontier town saloon in the Wild West, or perhaps a Kiwanis Hall semi formal dance in a sleepy prairie town. The Horse Eyed Men draw inspiration from a myriad of American music traditions and offer up a singular sound that's something a cowboy might play on a cattle run as he serenades his herd to sleep. We've got them for an hour of music and conversation on tonight's B Side, so stick around. Oh. First Don't When I met you, you were in a band called the Cowboy Killers, yeah. and you were playing a lot of like traditional music, right. traditional American music, which sounds like that's fed into your music now.
1: That's a that's a huge part of it is the, is is um, perverting traditional music. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of where I came from. My dad's a folk musician, and, um, so I grew up playing acoustic guitar and banjo, and so a lot of that stuff worked it worked itself in. And through Roots and Ruckus, that was a, a weekly showcase that started in. Um, in the West Village, and now has moved to, to Red Hook. And so that's that's where we met, I believe, uh, one, kinda... one late night. <laughs> one very late night.
0: <laughs> but I think it's kind of cool, like you come from Rhode Island, your dad plays music, you learn all this traditional music, and then we kind of had this scene in New York where we were taking all these traditional musics and you had no rules with them. Yeah. And it but... seems like you've been able to channel that into something really nice.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think that um, taking taking traditional forms and then, and then working with them so that they have To find the living root of of traditional music is kind of the goal. Trying to find the root of of the thing that you feel that happened long ago. Something like that.
0: you spend time in Europe for a really long time
1: I, I, I lived in Berlin for I lived in Berlin for about three years and I went over there with a couple of friends because we could play at a lower level and be more appreciated for it or maybe uh, or maybe we were just playing so much that we got better but uh, the appreciation of a European audience was, was a really huge thing for us in terms of getting some confidence I think playing and also just playing a lot. Um, and the first album that we have out, Grave Country, we recorded in Copenhagen in the attic of an old malt factory uh, with a guy named Anders Kristoffersen, um, and we just recorded a, a new full-length in Berlin. It's nice to go away from the place that you're writing about um, because it gives you a little bit more perspective, I think, on the thing. You can kind of see it from a, from a different angle or you can see it in three dimensions maybe um, when you're not right in the middle of the soup.
0: Sure. not yeah. down in the trenches.
1: Yeah, you're not down in the trenches. Isn't here. like a
0: Hemingway quote? When I'm in Paris, all I can ride is New York. When I'm in New York, all I can ride about is Paris. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and when I'm on the plane, all I can do is cry about bad movies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do my taxes in the bathtub. Do my
1: taxes in the bathtub, yeah. <laughs> I, worked on a, I worked on a film, it's called Solero, um, and it's about a salt flat in the south of Bolivia. And the salt flat is is really remote, and so the the landscape was a was a huge um, inspiration for that song. It's just this kind of coasting, like being on the ocean a little bit. No, you have to navigate kind of by the the far end, so it's a little bit like sailing. Um, but the this, the lyrics of the song are um, related to a dictator named Hugo Banzer, who is a a really brutal guy in the '80s um, who who disappeared, quote unquote, a lot of people. And so the song is written from the perspective of a woman whose husband has been disappeared.
0: A lot of your songs have a political edge to them. How much do your political beliefs come into play? Well, you got to have something to write about,
1: right? That's like, that's maybe the best place to start writing a song, I think. But you could just to, stop
0: at love songs. Mm-hmm.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> <Silly> love song. <laughs> There's some nice line about um, songwriting that a, a song feels a thought. And I can't remember who said that, but that there's gotta there's gotta be a little bit of a of an idea to the song to give it to give it some weight and to land it because I think that you make that people feel naturally through listening to music, but then the words have a chance to make people think a little bit. And it's important to to reflect on, on what the what in the hell is going on. The they stretched
2: out.
0: Having something you believe in, right? Feeling that like because of what's happening today politically, socially, like, you know, your art has to be about something. You can't really be on the sidelines, right? Yeah. But also feeling like, you know, everything is kind of absurd. Everything (laughs) happens. For you know, everything happens over and over again. Or (laughs) Donald Trump is funny also still, you know. (laughs) So having an absurd spin to it. It was kind of what the Quiet American was about. Yeah, was like that same mentality allows you kind of a freedom with your imagery, mm-hmm. and like I feel like that comes into it, where it's you mm-hmm. know, not being so direct and kind of being playful and being led astray to get to closer to what yeah. you really believe. You yeah,
1: know. that's. A, I think that's a huge thing because you can't you can't approach. You know, if you're sailing and you want to get to a certain point up the up the bay, then you have to tack a bunch of times. Um, you can't just head straight up into the wind because. It doesn't work, right? And so you need to, in order to get to the goal, you kind of have to hit it at a, a more oblique angle. And I think that partisan politics or politics with a capital P is exhausting. And so the quiet American. But I think also the songwriting is is a lot about um, trying trying to get to the weird, creepy, mythological level of the, of the political, um, because that's what that's what art can do,
2: you know. Kept would remain? Too long in my sleep I dreamt of death again The only thing he says Is take my hand And his voice calls constantly A simple melody these days Come to me sweet memory
0: Tell us where that song came from.
1: Yeah, that song is written for my uh, for my grandfather, Max Harley, and my my dad's actually got a song called Daddy Played the Phonograph. My, my grandfather really li- uh, loved to listen to records, um, but he also loved the radio. I was watching the Super Bowl with him once. There are all these life insurance advertisements. Like, it's not the small moments that matter, it's the important moments. You know, all of these kind of inane, Things that I was like, is this meaningful, or is this just what is happening? They're manipulative. And I said, "Wow, Grandpa, it seems like the life insurance companies have the are their greatest philosophers." And he turned to me and said, "Well, Noah, that's because they have an intimate acquaintance with death. <laughs> so he was he was in tune he was in tune with, with that with that uh, aspect of life. So, and he's also passed. So, so that was a way of remembering him. And he didn't play any music. No, he didn't actually. He really, he really loved it. He, um, when I told him I was playing the banjo and fiddle, he said, "Oh, Jesus, you're playing that plink plink music, aren't you?" <laughs> um, because he didn't, he didn't like. He grew up in a, in a farming family, and he didn't. All the people from Kentucky and West Virginia would come up as migrant laborers when he was growing up. So that was kind of a. There was a, a beef there, so he had that. He had that prejudice, but he he really he really loved classical music, actually. Um, he didn't like plink, plink music. Come to so. me,
2: sweet memory, <laughs> and let me learn What about your dad? like, what, is, what kind
1: of music does he play? He's a children's musician and a storyteller, yeah. But yeah, he's always, he's always been a pretty strong advocate of uh, playing music within a context. You know, I feel like a lot of bands in our world end up chasing some, um, some phantom cool audience of 20 or 30-year-olds, you know? But it puts you in a rock club and it puts you in, like, some place where people have to pay money to go see it.
3: and You know, like, like, a lot of, just a lot of what you'll find in, like, the, yeah. you know, like, the indie uh, music world is the accessibility of it, you know, that is for
0: everybody. I think that's kind of the... That's a draw for me.
1: Yeah, that's a a huge part of it for me, too. That's really right.
0: Like, it's for everybody, but it's also partly like doing you, whether it's accessible or not.
1: Yeah, that's right, living it rather than wanting to be it. Wearing it instead of trying to do it. Don't eat it. Don't
2: eat it. (laughs) Just love it. (laughs) I was born in East Virginia. North Carolina I did own. there I met a pretty fair maiden Uh, whose heart I long to hold
0: I want to talk more about like, how the folk scene in New York, like, how is it different from other scenes you've seen? How does it strengthen you? How does it inspire mm-hmm. you?
3: I think the nice thing about the folk scene is it's finite. Like, it has edges. You can kind of see the lay of the land. Um, whereas with, with Indie Rock, it, it's like pretty staggering. You know, um, every single person, you know, has some like synth duo. You know that that plays in some you know uh, dive bar, which is great too. I mean, it's it's great that anyone can can make music, but um, I don't know through through the folk scene. I, I think it's been uh, um, more of a of a family vibe, you know, a, a stronger unified community. It's like a small but mighty group of <laughs> group <laughs> of musicians who you know support each other and uh, you know make good music. so...
1: Yeah, and I also think, I mean, brick, for example, is is also good because I think that New York, it just everybody, everybody knows what the weather is like in Brooklyn. You know, New York has so much power over the media; it's like a huge camera trained on itself, and so people from all over the world read about New York and they know about New York. And so I think that one thing that does is it makes New York a kind of international place, and people forget that there's actually a local thing going on. You know, that it's happening here now on Hicks Street on Lafayette Avenue, on 3rd Avenue, you know, wherever. It's, it's happening right here, and, and it's the people here that, that make the city, you know? It's not like the city just manufactures them. Although, That's also a nightmare that I've had
2: before.
0: I don't even really know what indie music is. I don't know where it starts and ends. Oh, for sure. And you could have the yeah. same argument about folk music. Like, does it end at soul? Is hip hop a folk f- a form? Right. A folk form, you know? Jazz, yeah. an American folk form. Yeah. it kind of gets really blurry, you know. I'm like with your stuff. It's like, is it country? Is it folk? Is yeah, it? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I'm yeah, asking. I don't. I don't.
1: I don't. either. Anybody
3: up here? What do you guys think? Country? Indie? Uh, there's Indy. there's a there's a bin large enough. Uh, For (laughs) us, it's a dumpster. It's a dumpster, and on the front of it it says Americana, and I think that's where uh, that's where most people would probably toss us. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's a drag when you know too much about what you're doing, you know. And so it's got to be a little bit blind. So if you know we're this kind of band, then you end up playing to the genre, or you end up playing to a kind of crowd. And if you if you're a little bit blind about what you're doing or about the kind of music that you're making, then you then the names will come anyway someone's going to represent you right because that's how that's how that works
0: do you have any new things you're working on
1: um yeah there's a there's a really exciting project that that we're gonna record for um, that's run by this small label um, that's based out of the jalopy club which is where roots and ruckus is um, which is this weekly showcase and it's a it's a yearly it's a year-long monthly subscription to new seven inches so we're going to record four new songs and that's going to be that's going to feature a whole lot of people that play pretty regularly at at Roots and Ruckus. Um, And at the Jalopy, a bunch of mostly mostly Roots musicians.
0: And records are cool again. Like, I know Mike is all about tapes, like cassettes, but I don't think that's going to catch on. No, I don't think so. What's next, 8-track? It's getting out of hand. Right, right, right. Mary.
1: Mary? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Think about
0: that folk song, Mary Don't You Weep, you know, the uh-huh. gospel tune? Yeah. Mary Don't You Weep, Don't I You Weep. I told
1: you once and yeah. I told you twice. You can't get to heaven with another man's wife. Right. Yeah.
0: And it's kind of like the same thing. Like, don't <laughs> cry. Like, I'm telling you all these bad things that, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. So I thought maybe it's a it's cousin a co- to that kind of thing. It, there's a Leonard Cohen kind of, like, after the bomb has fallen, there's a couple hiding out in some, in some house and, and there's some kind of, like, reassurance. Reassurance amidst the debris going Mm -hmm. on, maybe,
2: yeah. It's a little biting, just
1: reassurance. Yeah, 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 yeah. also.
0: Influences? Literary influences?
1: Uh, Guillaume Apollinaire, the French poet Curtis Mayfield Curtis Mayfield?
3: Yeah for sure Gil Scott, Perron, Lee Fields Is a more contemporary guy A lot of soul stuff I'm kind of with Aaron with a lot of the Motown and soul stuff Yeah really, Tapestry, like my mom played that album all the time What about you? Metallica mostly (laughs) ACDC
1: Journey is a special
2: soft spot in my heart for
1: Journey that explains the jean jacket.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Is there any like uh, contemporary local stuff that you guys listen to? You know, bands people might not know about. Metallica. <laughs> no, they're pretty famous. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a
1: bunch. Yeah, dude. There's a, a band called The Handsome Family that are out of. They're not local. They're from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. Um, and I really they have they have a lot of story songs. I like them a lot. Something. Oh, Tom Brousseau. Tom Brousseau is a, is a really brilliant uh, songwriter and, and also a storyteller. Um, he's got a new album out called North Dakota Impressions that I've been listening to a lot. And Michael Hurley, Michael mm-hmm. Hurley for sure. Sean
3: sure. Sean Cronin, uh, Sean, Sean Cronin. Cronin's very good. Katie Von Schleicher is another Tamar, one. Tamar Korn. Tamar Korn, yeah. Tamar Korn, Tamar Tamar Korn Tamar is a local
1: sure. jazz singer. She's really amazing. She's really worth getting out to see.
3: Um want to introduce the band? Hey, I'm uh, Aaron Fraser. I play the drums and I sing.
1: i Ken Woodward, and I play bass. I'm Steve Okonsky, and I play the keyboard.
0: They're the horse-eyed men, <laughs> They're right?
1: the horse-eyed, they're <laughs> subtle horse-eyed <laughs> men. Yeah, that's right. You want to break it down? Yeah, that, sure, <laughs> sure. Maybe um, men, but with a, with a memory of something a little bit more wild. Like, you can imagine looking for food, um, and the storm is coming, but you're not sh- quite sure. Um, where you're going to spend the night and and so you're trying to find food and then you fall asleep at dawn because it's been storming all night and you wake up um, and and you're desperately hungry you haven't found food but then you find a strawberry and it's the most glorious thing um, that's when your
2: horse-eyed is lying
0: All right, it's about time for us to ride off into the sunset. Many thanks to all of you guys, you fine people. Thanks for sharing your songs and thoughts with us tonight. I'm Hubby Jenkins. Thank you for tuning in, Brooklyn, and have a good night.